0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Krokoa. This is our Docs Book Chat, and this week we are going to be talking about X Men and Fantastic Four, Giant Size with Emma Frost and Jean Grey, X Force, New Mutants, and of course, the main title, X Men. Starting us off is Fox, and he's going to be talking about X Men and Fantastic Four.
1: Well, hello, everybody. Um, Fantastic Four X-Men was, of course, a big bottle of worms that we all had to deal with this week. Um, so, basically, where we left off last week was the, the everything went was a mess. Everything was a mess. The Fantastic Four and the X-Men fought over Franklin, Franklin ran away, ended with Franklin on the Marauder ship, and Doctor Doom uh, came to get them, which was... Which whenever Doom is included in anything, chances are it's not going to go well. But um, yeah. So it started off. I actually have it right next to me. I want to do as good as possible job here. It Just started <laughs> off with Cyclops and the Fantastic Four talking. Cyclops was like, "Okay," she's like, "He's like, I get it." Magneto and Xavier are dumb sometimes. He's like, "They're they're too much. They're extra," and. They're but they're not kidnappers. They're not going to kidnap Franklin and Valeria. And reads like I I know that, but he's like, you guys are trying. You, you guys are planning something, and I don't like it. Then Sue Richards turns into um, All Lives Matter. Why isn't there a straight pride festival? And <laughs> says, you know, after, uh, after Scott says, you know. Our island isn't a home for runaway humans. Uh, <laughs> Sue was like, um... are Was my human not good? Are we not good enough for you? Can we not be on your island? And I just... I so immediately just cringed. Um, then Magneto, like, you know, is, is like, Hey, is this going to be a problem? And Scott's like, uh, yeah, probably. So... Reed, the entire Fantastic Four, get into an argument. Reed's like, I don't think we should go attack them, which is pretty reasonable, Reed. Where was this this reasonable last time? But, um, then they get an argument about what they should do. Everybody basically outvotes Reed saying that they have to go attack the, uh, not attack Krakoa, but go find their kids on Krakoa. Then, we find out where, um, where Doom and has taken all the has taken the Marauders, Valeria, and so Kitty wakes up and they're in like this fancy dining room, and Valeria and Franklin Doom are sitting there with her. They've been awake for like hours. They were waiting for her to wake up to eat, which is really funny to me. And then there's a dialogue, and it turns out that they're on a they're on Doom Island, where Doom has, takes all the mutants of Latveria and puts them there. So basically, I'm pretty sure. So they can't go to Krakoa. I'm almost positive that's what that is. Then there's a discussion in the um in the X Men the Quiet Council room where they're all discussing um the what they should do about the Fantastic Four, and they're like, um, we should be worried about them attacking us. And there's like they're we, they're pretty they're pretty powerful and smart. They're gonna come here and. Which and uh, they were already in the room the entire time, listening to them. So, so there is a big battle. They're they're fighting. Everything everything goes everything goes to heck. Um, basically, then it goes back to Doom Island. Doom's like, oh, I'll help, I'll help uh, uh, Franklin get his powers back the same way I helped you know Kitty in the past stabilize her powers. Which was back in the original Fantastic Four X Men series. Then there's a bat. then we go back to the battle. There's basically the, fr- the fr- Fantastic Four realize they're not going to win this. They're on an island filled with powered people. That, and there's like hundreds of them. So they like, no, they're not going to win this. So they take off, and then it goes back to Doom. Then it goes back to Doom Island, and then at the very end, we realize Doom isn't exactly doing this out of the kindness of his heart. And then, at the very end, we find out Doom has Sentinels, which is a terrifying thought all in and of itself. So, everybody, what did we all think of this issue? <clears throat> um, I I took a
2: lot out of it from the fact that, like, Doom is one of those heavy characters for the fantastic four and the fact that he's uh i feel like there's something in the works with him because he was listening to franklin and valeria talk about whether or not they can trust doom so i'm like yeah can you really trust doom and why does he have his mutants in his little island by himself why why is he so afraid of the mutants coming for his mutants So I'm like, okay, you know, I know he's, he's, I think this is still following continuity from the Doctor Doom storyline where he's still exiled from Latveria. So, um, I'm like, just interesting to see what, what does he have planned, especially with his own friggin'
1: Sentinels. I haven't been reading the Doctor Doom storyline, so I don't even know what's going on there, but, um. (laughs) (laughs) It's good.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's in
1: the, in the
0: long story short on that, he's basically just getting blackmailed for like. Destroying a space station in his country is like exiling him because he's a national threat. He's yeah. like a terrorist. Like so that's it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but my 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 guess still on this issue, this being issue too, I still think this is all in Franklin's head, or is just manipulating it somehow. Because a lot of the the characters just seem off, and especially with their old costumes, I'm like, how do you explain that unless it's just um, Back in the past, I guess I don't know.
2: People started to say that the each each comic (laughs) artist is taking liberties with costumes, so the costumes don't mean much anymore. So I'm just like, okay, well that's just more confusing. I mean that is more
0: confusing, but I mean it's not. I mean comic books have done that, especially Marvel. Like they they collaborate, but they're kind of like, well I want to draw this, (laughs) so I get that. So I guess that's not really a factor. But um, I don't think I know Sue Storm. Would go absolutely bonkers for kids. I mean, look at um, the Fantastic Four issue where she attacked all the X Men. I mean, not X Men, all the Avengers. Um, where well, she let
2: malice take over? Yeah, it was Doom took uh, Valeria.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and then the other one when the government took the kids mm-hmm. and she put all the all the Avengers in Bubbles and all that. So she can um, go extreme for her kids, even be more like hinting at. I don't know, mutant phobia <laughs> and all that. <laughs> and but I did like the way Chip Zandarski did channel that into the book though. Because I mean he's definitely channeling real life issues in this book. He's like, yeah. Well, she's like, Well, what do you mean? Well, my human daughter isn't good enough. It's like it'd basically be like ah uh, basically be like a mom saying, Well, my white daughter's not good enough for this black school. It's like, yeah, but that's not the point,
3: that's you know. <laughs> But
0: the point
3: is Do you think? Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot lost on me with Fantastic Four and X Men. I don't really have an attachment to the book, and this is not because it's bad writing or whatever. It's just um, I, I think I have to wait for all four issues to come out. I think it's that type of story. So right now, my opinion on the issue, it's like it's an interesting issue, but it also feels like, from my knowledge of all the characters, everyone is overreacting. I agree. For, for such a weird reason. And, like, there has to be something more to it than just... I don't know. I feel like there's more to it that's not completely being revealed in, like, in a way that, like, there has been an interaction between the X-Men and Fantastic Four post-Krakoa um, that didn't happen in, like, House of, House of X that, like, would trigger the Fantastic Four being so violent and so, like... Um, there, against and I'm pretty sure what the council that they were doing at the end of the chapter um, was they're probably planning to see if like the Fantastic Four attacking them was an act of terrorism or not.
0: Yeah, I think that I mean I definitely would agree that they're seeing that it's act of terrorism. I hope they do say it's act of terrorism because I mean it was they just snuck onto their their nation and just started attacking them. Someone uh, made but a I'm... point. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> I was Someone made say. a
1: point that last issue that um the Fantastic Four were like, oh, it's going to be too easy to attack Krakoa. You know, if you put all the mutants in one place and then the Fantastic Four go and attack Krakoa. And I'm like, way to just prove your own point, guys, and be the cause of it. Right. But how were they able to do that?
0: Well, I mean, they did, they went on the, the ship that Reed has, you know, the fantastic ship, yeah. well, whatever it's freaking called. Fantastic car. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I mean, Sue made it invisible. That's it. But I thought, like, they're not allowed to go
2: into the Krakoa well, itself.
3: I'm guessing it's the fact that she can create, like, a force field. Yeah. So, like, if they float onto Krakoa, it's different right. than getting onto Krakoa. Yeah. You know? And uh, I think that's yeah. how they. And I also think that the suits were also, like, part of it. Because their suits were blocking um, telepath- uh, telepathic and psychic attacks,
0: mm, true,
2: and that's very how
3: Krakoa usually senses a mutant.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and... but sorry. Uh, now I was gonna say I have to agree with Almus, Like I, I really like these. I think they're written well, and I like the stories, but it's hard for me to get attached to it because I just feel like it's not really real. I feel like it's like an alternate thing or just being reality manipulated. I don't feel like it's really real. So it's hard to get like truly invested in it. I'm just waiting for the kicker.
2: I feel like this is like one of those stories where it's like, wouldn't it be weird if, and here's the story. Yeah.
3: (laughs) I just really don't understand like the Sentinels. Like why would Doom have them unless Unless he's planning to attack Krakoa, but then at this point, what does he have to gain?
1: I think right. it's just defense in case Krakoa comes to him.
3: But the way it was revealed was more like, yeah, he's planning to do something now.
1: Well, I mean, technically all, the, all of Krakoa is going to be coming to come pick them up. Yeah. I
3: guess.
2: I think he's just... That's his defense system against the mutants to protect his mutants. Like, because this dude's prideful. We know you cannot tell him that he is not king big daddy of whatever so he's like daddy doom (laughs) so you can't tell him oh we're here to take your mutants that to him is like a a slap in his face be like no 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 these are my people i'm their leader you don't take the people from my country and take them to your little island and then try to use them against me he's like these are my toys I'm keeping them. And here's my way I'm going to defend them. Which, if you're a mutant and you know that this dude's trying to defend you with using sentinels, I'd be like, uh, this dude is crazy. I'm going to
0: go with the mutants. But also, it's just like, it fits in to how extreme everything is, too. Because that's why I, I'm, I'm going to die on this freaking hill. That freaking Richards is manipulating everything because everything's so just extreme and just and 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 over i'm trying to look for the right word but it's very passive you know and everyone's just like jab 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 like no one's just sitting down and talking and he's definitely not that kind of character he's not like his sister at all his sister will talk it out and feel the feelings and everything he's just like i'm gonna do this let's do it do it do it and that's basically what this book is so i firmly believe (laughs) that this is Franklin and Richard's just, like, manipulating everything or he's asleep or something. Like, it has to be something around that area.
3: And I'd also like to point out that, like, usually when they do a Fantastic Four story, they all get, like, all the Fantastic Four get, like, the same amount of screen time. But, like, right. it feels, like, de- deliberately, like, um, Johnny and Ben have been, like, sidetracked for the story. Or mm. at least these couple of chapters, so we might see them coming in stronger and having their, their points of views. And given the next chapter, because they haven't really given their opinion, they're just like, yeah, we're gonna follow Sue and Reed, you know. Yeah. They they because they're usually really opinionated. Even if they're like part of the team, sometimes they don't want to do something, and they'll like be very honest about because this is a tight knit family. The because fa- like the, f- I think you you shouldn't view like um, them as the Fantastic Four versus X Men as like a superhero team. You should see this like more of a family feud, like. um... All I can think of off the top of my head is Romeo and Juliet, but that doesn't fit. In. <laughs> like that doesn't fit in here. But like, it's more of a family feud. It's something more seated in like, seated in like family rather than that, rather than um, like these just being superhero teams. I think. Yeah, I could get that. I can get behind that. Well, do we want to m- now move on to X Force with almost? Sounds fits me. Yeah. Um, Okay, so X-Force, this week, it was a domino and it was a Sage chapter. It was really good. Um, So we start off the story with domino, um, finding the reverse domino, um, shooting her in the face, and then reporting back to Sage, being like, hey, um, I found a four-leaf clover today. Um, So I think my luck is coming back. So they also are examining the body of a dead Domino. And um, apparently this Domino is made out of her DNA. So Sage comes up with this idea that, like, she can, when, um, when Domino gives her the four-leaf clover, she comes up with this idea that she can track down the, all the clones of the Dominoes by finding the four-leaf clover. So she creates like this program which tracks four-leaf clovers. And they end up finding um, the train where there's all these dominoes on them, and it's just a moving lab, and they find it because there's a trail of four-leaf clovers behind it. And so Domino and Poitre go together, and um, once they're there, they essentially just destroy everything and destroy the train. And... Domino, at the end of the chapter, is being held in, like, do- in Poitier's arms, and she's like, um, you have to make me remember the pain, or else I'll, um, or else I won't die. And he's like, yeah, I'll promise I'll make sure you remember everything next time I see you, because, like, um, this is what you want. And she essentially dies at the end of the chapter, but we know she's coming back next chapter, so it's fine. Um, and then we get to see Zeno again, and now we know that Zeno is a... Um, at least Russian-backed and they kind of want to go to war with Krakoa. So um, Karkoa's going to war with everyone, I feel like, starting the <laughs> next chapter. And I've deliberately skipped over this, but there's a scene in the middle that's not story-related. Um, and I think it's one of the more touching scenes of the chapter um, where it's um, Poiter and it's, uh, it's Nina and like he holds her and he's like, um, if you want we, we can go into the water and we can go through like a deeper sleep and come out the, the other side refreshed, and she just tells him that like she doesn't want to like die so that she can be rebirthed as um, as something new because she wants to remember everything and I don't know I feel like that scene was just really really beautiful and it's like a discussion of like um, well like if something goes wrong we can just like kill ourselves and like we can do it over with but it's also like What's the morality behind that? Like, how do we like? Is it really just a way out if you just want to fix something just to die and come back? You know, like, Mm -hmm. will that really fix our problems? Right. Can Can I say say something? Yeah.
1: I thought Reverse Domino was going to be a villain for longer than she was. I did not expect her to be like. Yeah, that's very true.
3: That's
1: very true. Girl did not
2: have that much good luck.
1: Nope. (laughs)
2: I but I gotta
0: say this issue like really touched me, especially the part that Almost just mentioned in the in the little lake. Because I mean I always loved Domino and Colossus Grown Omni, but like they really touched on the whole resurrection. And I love that they're I love that Hickman and and, and Co. are really not really just making this whatever about resurrection, they're really touching on it in like hey, you know, this is a big deal. Like, yeah, we can come back to life, but we don't know if we're really coming back all the way. You know, we're missing parts of ourselves. Like, they're going really deep into this, and it's really touching. And this comic was really deep in that aspect, which characters we don't really get to see that deepness for anymore because it has been a lot of focus on, like, you know, Scott, Emma, you know, the main, char- main like, X-Men. But I actually see some, like, more deep emotions with these characters and kind of forming a relationship again is really great. I like to see that.
1: One thing I think not a lot of people are talking about is that um that p- I think it was this issue that picture um Colossus with painting on the beach with like the face covered in red yeah. and everything. Everybody's yeah. thinking that's a tease to them bringing back his brother, M- Meek Me- Oh yeah, yeah, that guy who's like ultra powerful omega level reality warping mutants Mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah why haven't why haven't we seen him yet apparently he's in like another dimension or something and they have to go get him i don't know if they're going to be doing that anytime soon but like i'm surprised they haven't already um
3: i think there i think that might be the omega omega red Pop would be leading into because like they're because like percy's at least pushing both um wolverine and x-force into europe like, no. you, the plots aren't really set in Krakoa. They're very much set so in Europe. Um, I feel like next chapter is going to be um, in that fake South American country. That's the name I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> um, but I think the chapters after it are all going to be, like, more pushed in Europe. So I think we might be seeing, like, more of a European push in the comics. I don't know if that's maybe to, like, appeal to the European, um, like, comic readers but if like if my country was mentioned in like a comic book i'd definitely pick it up you know
0: oh definitely it, and i think they should be mentioned more so
3: um i think it, i think just like x-force makes the com it makes like kirkowa feel more real more worldly because it's like setting in place with like everything else you know right
1: yeah
2: it's definitely the more action-based um x-story you know, when I was like, well, I just want to see them fight people. Like, well, here you go. Here's X-Force. Um, especially with that train scene. It reminded me of like Train to Busan with just like how they had to make it through just like destroying all these faux dominoes. It was really cool. Especially like that beast note at the end where he's talking about um, the shadow organization making like super soldiers to counter the mutants. It's like Kind of resembling of what Orcus is doing at the end. I was like, oh, interesting. So, all these people are building these things to counter mutants. We've seen plant based ones. We've seen mechanical based ones. We've seen like graft mutant based ones. It's like everyone now has this countermeasure in place.
3: I'm really bad. I'm really sad you can't show like visuals on the train because, like, I think this issue has one of the most striking paneling of like almost all the issues of x-force the train and the scene where they're the two train scenes where they're like jumping through the paneling on them is amazing i feel like it has such a beautiful flow and like especially with the lack of words it tells you a, like it tells you a really nice story
0: mm-hmm. it
2: really
3: does and i'm like i like uh what changa
0: was saying i like that they're that this whole arc is, like, a mixture of, like, deep emotional impact and action. Because, you know, a lot of people online, when Docs, when um, Hox Pox started, they're like, oh, it's just so much talking, where's all the action, you know, they had so much action in the 90s, you know, who was probably talking to say that, we're not going to say it. Um, but now, I mean, I'm glad we're getting we like, ha, huh, see, we do have action in here. We can have action mixed with the deep emotional impact. This issue is a great example of that. And I'm looking at the page right now where they're jumping from train to train. And man, who is the artist on this? Um, um,
3: I think this is not their, the traditional. I think this is um, Balzuda. Yeah,
0: yeah they're, they're, they're fantastic. Like, this is just breathtaking artwork. Like, I would probably want this, Like like, the... Colossus jumping from one train to the other, like kind of framed. It's just really beautiful. And I would like Domino and Colossus being more teamwork. Like maybe hopefully more near in the future, we could get like them actually officially a couple and get them like their own book, kind of like Rogue and Gambit did. I think that'd be fun. That would be fun.
1: Okay, who do you want to do new mutants now?
0: Yeah, sure. I could do new mutants. Cool. So Bear with me listeners. I'm going to do new mutants and I'm also going to do uh giant size. A lot of talking. A lot of talking. Well, no
3: talking for one of them.
0: <laughs> no talking for one of them. I won't yeah, like when I talk about Gene and Emma, I won't be talking that much. I'm just going to I'm just going to sit here and it's going to be silent. We'll um, do Morse code. <laughs> yeah, Morse code. There you go. So just interpret it. Listen really closely. Um so when we're going to go to new mutants, I I personally love the Ed Brisson run more than the space one. So I'm glad we're kinda we're out of space now and back on Earth. And when we first enter this issue, we see the what do we call them? Like the Maxi twins? Because they're both over the M and one is Max Maximine Monning. So whatever. Yeah. The Maxi twins are talking to they're Sebastian French. Shaw. Just, go, just roll with it. The French twins. <laughs> they're um, they're talking to Sebastian Shaw and apparently he's like the he's they're his little birds on Krokoa, which makes really much sense because, I mean, they were kind of evil in the past, and now they're kind of evil now, no, trust them. and they're not really trustworthy. But they're also kids, with so the are easy to manipulate, which is kind of sad. Um, but they're going off a nap. And then we see awesome Boom Boom and Magma and Armor going to um, Magma's home country, homeland, and going to try to help because, like we saw before some mutant kids are trying to go to Krakoa there but they're getting attacked by these like mutated monsters so we're trying to figure that out and we kind of see a little bit of our home country and it's beautiful it's very greek it's very really that kind of aspect and i like it i like it the art in here is very beautiful i like it and we get a lot of interaction between boom boom armor and magma and i like that i like them together i like this whole like dynamic because we haven't seen that in a while and Basically, this whole mission that Magma orchestrated is just so Armour and Boom Boom can actually kind of feel useful again. Like, because the, the past issue, when they were in Kansas, they were on a farm. Um, that it obviously did not go well. I associate Kansas with farms. Um, so they're trying to do that. And they're trying to make themselves feel better. And then they start getting attacked. And, you know, they take care of the monsters. And they're fighting hard. And this is really good action scenes, like I'm looking at right now. It's pretty, pretty noteworthy. And then we go back to Sebastian Shaw talking to the people that, the mobsters, that they were um, confronted against in the Kansas issues. And Sebastian Shaw, I mean, uh, I, obviously we've hated Sebastian Shaw for a while because of the Marauders. But in this issue, it, it shows, this issue with him shows that why, Krakoa needs villain, like, villains like this because he was so just, like, smart and articulated without even using his powers. Like, he crushed him down without even lifting a finger right then and there, and I love that. I loved this writing. It was so great. And then we go back to the end, and we see that they destroyed the monsters. They helped some of the kids, yay. But then we see this new person, and I don't know who she is, but she has all the new mutated monsters around her, and she's like, "I will find them and make them sure that they—I repay them in kind." Like, who do we know who this person is? Does anybody recognize her? Because I've tried to look her up, and I do not recognize
1: her. I don't think anybody recognized her because I've seen multiple people ask about it, but um, yeah, no. Another new villain. Thanks, Don of X. We got another new villain. <laughs> Let
2: me guess. She's a scientist that's making monsters that have mutant abilities and mutant blocking
0: abilities. I mean, yeah. Don of X is really bringing is, is, he Hickman was serious when he's like, I'm setting up for years to come. Because, I mean, we have enough villains now that we can just be good for like two or three years. It's dissecting them and the mutants fighting them.
3: Well, I guess now you have to, like, make new villains because all the villains are on Krakoa. Like, what is the going to do these days? Like, he's exactly. chilling. He's, like, he's literally chilling. Like, we need villains that are, like, maybe not attacking mutants per se, but attacking how mutants live. So it's more of, like, a... I don't know, because, like, you can see that a lot of, like, the books are shifting on a more political tone and that, like, how people are trying to destroy Krakoa from, like, an economic standpoint or, like, trying to, like... Like um, destroy them with their like, or like in Marauders where it's like, yeah, we're trying to destroy the imports and exports, you know. Right. Like they're trying to attack or- the country with like tariffs and stuff like that. And I think this is like a it's kind of like that in the sense that like they're not attacking mutants. This is just a person creating monsters, and just right. so happens that it's around the Krakowian gates. So now she's a villain, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I really I really enjoyed this issue a lot. I I hope we get to see. I hope we get more people with Magma, Boom Boom, and Armor, and they actually create more of a team. And maybe they'll go back to Magma's country and like really take on this villain. And we get even more like funny moments with Boom Boom. Boom Boom's my favorite.
3: <laughs> and and you kind top, of or, like that. This is uh, an old girls' luck team. It's really nice. It's right. Cute very hashtag girl power.
2: (laughs) Especially like strong strong willed women too because these three are definitely like the hard headed people of like the teams. They were always the ones that were always like they were always a counter perspective of whoever was leading the team. So these three I'm like oh wow so you got like three really strong females here. This is going to be interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We need some other females that aren't as they're still strong, but they're not as dominating, I guess, in leadership. Like, let's put Pixie in there. Where is Pixie? We haven't seen her oh, in a minute.
3: Pixie's <laughs> going to be <laughs> in a table, and I'm so
1: excited. Yeah.
3: Oh, that's right. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we'll see her there. So do we want to speak about some other strong women that showed up this week?
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good segue. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> let's go to giant size X-Men, Jean Grey and Emma Frost. Uh, this First, I want to say I love how... We get these, well, I don't know them, so I'm going to call them unnamed children. We haven't seen these children before, right? No. 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 See, I love that. I love that we just get new mutant kids. They're just exploring. They're having fun. This is what is all about. But then we see Storm passed out, bleeding on the floor. Quick change. Um, <laughs> but oh, this this issue this issue was my pick of the week out of all comics. And I know it was more of a, Simplistic issue in a sense because there's obviously not that many words. Silent version two. Silent version two. But oh my God, it is so gorgeous. There's almost every panel, every page I want to print out and frame on the wall. Like, it's beautiful. Good? Yeah, I want to talk about the issue. I'm talking about it. it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I got to get that out of the way. But Emma and Jean find out that you know storm is comatose they need to go into her psychically so they're like Shh, we're gonna go there don't disturb they go in there and they find this tree that represents storm's main mind they go to these two lions you know Jean is has a really good past with storm and she shows that and the lions are happy emma does not have that great of a past with storm and then the lions turn to snakes and start trying to kill Emma. <laughs> Luckily, Jean is a badass and disrupts all that. So they go further. They go on this flying elephant, which is really awesome. And then they go to the tree. They start going into the, deeper into Storm's mind to see what is actually wrong with her. They get into some trouble. They try to fall back. And then one thing is Emma and Jean come together, which they haven't come together Psychically like this in a while and that was the big point of this issue and they make everything come apart again like the staircase come back and they go all the way up to Storm's center of her mind her I guess her essence and then they see this metallic flower and they pull it apart and they bring Storm back up but then Storm is like like save me I'm dying and we see that like she's part machine And we have this timer that says that's like counting down from 29, like 29 days. And then they come back and Jean says, the children of the vault give Storm a machine virus that's going to kill her in the next 30 days. We ought to talk. So that's how the issue ends. (laughs) And we already know that Storm is going to get her own giant size in May, I believe. And I I said that this is going to continue that story. So we're going to see what's going to happen to our precious goddess, in about two months,
1: this no, will continue. Um, it doesn't come out till June.
0: Oh, well, dang. Three months, then. <laughs> you had to ruin it, didn't you? Well,
3: like, five... no, June is three months away. I don't know. I, I was like, I don't know what month March is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so um. this issue, man, I... Okay, so I loved... When they first did this and like Grant Morrison's run. So seeing them tackle this again with Dotterman art, forget about it. Um, but I do love the idea that they bring this, I think the image back that they did in um, Morrison's run, where like everyone's mental mindscape is always in a tower of some form. And Storm's obviously goddess of nature. Hers would be like a big tree. And like um, Cassandra Nova was like this big old bishop looking tower. So it's interesting to see how like the astral plane is inside Storm's brain. How it is inside there. It's, it looked so peaceful. She, was, she had two guarding lions, two sleepy lions. The same like, you know, she's powerful like a lion. But she's, you know, peaceful, like the lion sleeps tonight, kind of thing. But don't mess with her because you know she knows. Um, her defense system kicks in, which the fact that they were snakes for Emma made me so happy because it's like this is what Storm really thinks of Emma. She's a freaking snake. So seeing that happen was amazing. But uh, just love this issue. I can't talk
0: about it enough. <sighs> Man,
1: I just I, love I, how... Oh, sorry. Cool. I'll let y'all go. <laughs> you can go first. The,
3: okay, so I felt that the scene where, like, Gina's like, oh, like, yeah, I'm Storm's friend. Like, let me in. And then, like, Storm... And then, like, Emma's like, I don't know what to do, so here's, like, uh... uh here's, like, Storm <laughs> punching me in the face. What do you guys think? And then she gets attacked. <laughs> and then she's surprised that she gets attacked. Is that a really fun scene? And, like, I guess, like, last week I said, like, I don't like how Dr. not Dr. I don't know how, like, Hickman writes Gene and Emma, and then, like, this entire issue is, like, no dialogue. <laughs> so, like, I'm like I am like, I guess that's one way to get around it. Right? <laughs> For, like, I had to find another, like, I'm not a huge fan of the issue because I'm not also, um, and I'm not a huge fan of silence issues. I think they, they can be done well. I just don't think this one really did anything for me I thought it was um I snapped I don't I didn't think it was like well paneled enough for me to like get, have it flow like it wasn't really telling me a story it was just showing me scenes with like an inconsistent flow in my personal opinion it, like it, it is what it is I didn't like this issue that much
0: Uh, That's okay. We all have our own opinion. That's what makes the podcast great, (laughs) as we experienced earlier this week on Twitter. Um, (laughs) But I do love how uh, Russell, is that how you say his name? Russell. Russell gets the facial expressions so great. Like, I mean, there's so many moments of Gene and Emma that you can just, you know what they're saying without any words on there. And I know he I mean, obviously it's science, a silent issue, so he had to get that correct, but I just love it so much. Like, Jean's irritation with Emma, Emma's this kind of da nature. You got all that just by, this, just by their facial expressions, and he's a fantastic artist. I need him on a main, more main X-Men issues,
1: please. <laughs> I, um, I, I liked this, I like this issue. I, um i thought it was really cool i i was kind of hoping we'd see some like connections to wakanda in her mindscape just like just like sort of like little tiny details or whatever just because like she's such a big part of black panther right now which is like when does black panther take place exactly nobody knows um have anybody been reading black panther because storm had like a really cool moment recently
2: I stopped. It was... T- after the space stuff, it just became too much. I want
0: to get back
3: in it, though.
1: Storm, I yes. think it's really... Um, I yeah. Like-
3: sorry, I keep wanting to say what Storm did, but, like, Fox also wants to say... Go, no, so, like, no, Fox I'm
1: just... Go, 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 go. Say it. Say it. Um,
3: so, basically, she's, like, um, they're in space, and she basically is, like, sorry I'm late, but, like, controlling all these environments at the same time while I'm in space is really hard, and she basically shut off, shuts off oxygen in like a couple of spaceships while she's on Earth and just like telepathically like connecting with um, these spaceships and it's a really cool scene just to show you like how powerful of an omega level like it's not just Earth's weather it's like atmospheres and spaceships miles away from her that's crazy and this is why she's a goddess
2: <laughs> <laughs> So like, imagine that a person of color knowing how to write her oh, that's great
1: <laughs> I'm yeah, but that's the thing. That's and that's something that like that's why another reason why I'm so excited for there to be eventually be a Black Panther like X Men like sort of crossover. Speaking of Black Panther, Coates is leaving, is leaving Black Panther after I think they said 25. Oh wow! And so the 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 series is gonna that series is gonna end with him leaving. So, my. I think in the soon future we're gonna see more conne- the uh, Black Panther more connect with the outside world. But like, God, I feel bad for anybody who has to follow coats on Black Panther.
2: Right, oh, definitely. I just need to let that rest for a
0: while.
1: How do you follow someone who's testified before Congress on a <laughs> like literally, who's literally talked like monologued? To right. Standing government officials. Well, also, who, who
2: breathed like a new life because I really loved his first part of the run. Mm-hmm. Like when he he started his initial run, I really loved it. It got really deep into "heavy as a head that wears a crown" kind of mentality. So,
1: yeah. Okay. So let's let's get back on topic. So, does anybody have anything else they want to say about giant size X Men?
0: It was beautiful, and I'm done. <laughs>
3: So the okay. pick of the week is X-Men, isn't it?
0: Yeah. That's my Everybody's pick.
1: Kidding.
0: Well, not... <laughs> <I> almost. <laughs> His pick is probably X-Force, but...
1: <laughs> so... Okay. Uh, Chango, you want to go? You want to discuss the, um, discuss yes. the pick pads? Yes, yes, yes.
2: So this issue is very near and dear to my heart, m- besides the fact that it has to do with Nightcrawler. Um, so, X-Men number seven... Basically, it's called Faith, very apt name for this issue. Um, We open up with Melody and the sexton, where she's waking up because she, you know, like it's a common occurring thing that can't sleep well here in Krakoa. She wakes up and learns that today's her crucible day. And she chokes up and starts crying because she's been waiting for this moment. So then we cut away to, um, what is that called? Uh, the summer house. We call it to the summer house, which is a blue side of the moon, and we see Cyclops <clears throat> and Wolverine talking over about also not being able to sleep. And Wolverine is more focused on how awkward the whole crucible thing is because. They can't really really say that they're against it because, you know, this was voted on. And I feel like this is the vote that people were kind of torn on, that they talked about earlier in one of the books, because this is a big thing to take on. How do we do the resurrection protocols? So Wolverine's like, listen, I can't speak to this. You need to go to someone who has more of an understanding of what impact this whole protocol, Crucible, is going to do. So he goes and tries to find Nightcrawler. Interesting little scene here, though, on his way to go find Nightcrawler. You get the creepiest freaking scene I've seen with Douglas and, um, oh my gosh, Warlock, and then... Krakoa sitting down, and then, like, all of us did a second take. Cyclops was like, Wait, what? And then he's like, Oh, I guess it's just my mind playing tricks on me. So he goes, Hey, have you seen Nightcrawler? And of course, he's up on his perch, up on top of the mountain, overlooking everything. And we see the tower. This tower that has been introduced ever since Powers of X, where we saw it on one of the tarot cards. And. <clears throat> they start talking about how what this all means this whole like being comfortable with this idea um and kurt's like listen i've i've been asking myself these questions over and over again in my mind like you know he brings in the stuff the stuff from zorn which um zorn is kind of like i guess he's buddhist yeah and and then um he brings in different aspects of religion, which I love because he's like, I'm going through all these faiths trying to piece together my mentality of everything that's happening here. And I'm just getting more questions. So he's like, I want to help you find your answers, Cyclops, but I also have questions myself. And in this conversation, they're kind of slowly coming to this understanding. Um, Especially when they were walking around and they go onto Exodus, who's having a conversation with the, the younger mutants. And they start talking about why the crucible is happening and why some of these people would want to essentially want to kill themselves to become whole again. And the conversation he has with these kids is so deep. Like, They call uh, Scarlet Witch the pretender, and like, and like, they do it in a way that makes it look like it hurts them. It hurts them to think about her, and then they start talking about no more how, like, no more that they're not going to let that happen to them anymore. Um, this whole conversation that they're watching is just so creepy, but at the same time, it's not like they're getting indoctrinated, it's more like one of those. We are explaining this to you. Why this is a thing that's happening. We don't want you to be scared of what you're seeing. We want you to understand why this is happening. Why these people are putting themselves through this process. So they head into the scene that we've all been waiting for. The Crucible. And we see the goo trees there. You know, Cannonball. Cannonball. um, Husk. And then, who's up there? The brother, the, the angel, the one with the wings. Oh, gosh. Oh. Uh... Anyway, he's there. Yeah. So all the Gucci's are there, present for it. And we see Storm's there as well. And we see that she's ready. She's in the middle of the arena. And she's ready to face whatever she has to face in order to get her mutant powers back. Apocalypse is there. And please forgive me, I'm going to read his part just because it really hits kind of a note. He says, Human, what can we say about humans that they have not already said about themselves? They cover the truth with lies, but their actions, their godforsaken actions, always reveal who they really are. Oh, how they hate us. Oh, how they fear us. Oh, how they envy us. Look around you, child. Are you filled with envy? And the fact that she says yes, Is so powerful because it's saying, like, I didn't want this. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to be here in this position to have to do this. But this is what I have to do to get back to being whole again. So she has her moment of a fight with Apocalypse. Apocalypse keeps asking her over and over again, like, is this something you want to do? You can be human. There's nothing wrong with being human. You don't have to follow through with this and she keeps fighting it and fighting back against this apocalypse so while this is going on cyclops and nightcrawler are still talking about this this whole thing this whole process of like if we allow people to be resurrected and they have these wills that allow them to be resurrected in different ways that allow them to be resurrected in better versions of themselves what's to stop them from wanting to be in the bodies of stronger mutants or be a changed or be a mix of different other mutants which huge red flag right there automatically tells us that something's gonna probably end up happening because Nightcrawl already said that he's seen someone already put it in their will that they want to be put into a different body so this whole thing is happening while Poor Melody is um, fighting and she falls and Apocalypse does the deed and she gets resurrected and when she gets resurrected she gets to have her moment of glory in front of everyone and show that she's back to being a mutant and has her power back and it was such a beautiful powerful moment Um, and that's when. Cyclops and Nightcrawler kind of have an epiphany and Nightcrawler's like, I need to start a mutant religion. And that's where we're at.
1: Dear God, this book. <laughs> yeah. There was, there's so much, there's so much, not even just the main plot, like the, not even just, you know, <laughs> not even just Apocalypse Battling Melody. There's so much here. Just whether it be Doug Locke, you know, yeah. the, the the religion thing. The the I'm talking about going on vacation to Chandelier. It was yes. very gay. It was very gay. I loved it. so <laughs> much.
0: <laughs> I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for the giant size, this would this issue would have been my pick of the week because it's very very well written and it's beautiful to as a like to it. Uh, but it, it, like you said, it had so many story points to it. It had so many different plots that are gonna be explored later. Like the freaking Douglock thing, that freaked me out. Did
3: anyone else I didn't know? notice like Douglas and Warlock? Right. Um, because like here's the thing. I'm one hundred percent sure this is apocalypse is uh, a idea. He bought it up to cancel cancel and was like, We we have to have like mutants fight for like their honor then they have to fight me. Because right. he is essentially um, given this role by Celestials to prolong evolution on Earth. So it's his role to weed out the weak. Right. So he's taking his role as a Celestial. Um, A Celestial being here and being like, I'm a gatekeeper of this community. Like, he's being this very strong... um, He's being a wall for, like, humans that they can't come in. Because Apocalypse could really just give Melody back her powers without killing her. You know? But like he's being like, "No, you have to fight me to win my to win my blessing essentially right earn it. like he doesn't he to earn it like she thanks him, but he's, he's saying the gift is not from me. you've earned it so he's just viewing himself as just like the soldier that you have to overcome he's he doesn't view himself as a god anymore because mm-hmm. now he's like all mutants are gods right you know that's that's something and like Here's this is an interesting like viewpoint because in the past we've seen like people would fight for Apocalypse's honor. Mm-hmm. People would want it, people would fight for him, for his entertainment, for stuff like that. And now that he's the one putting himself as the person they should fight so that they can get their powers back is something really interesting because you see this like dynamic change with Apocalypse, like, yes, he does care about mutants and he's doing this. Not because he hates mutants, just wants them to feel like they've earned the right to get their powers back. Because all of these people feel like they've been they've been cheated because of like they were affected by MD or they've got depowered, all that kind of stuff. And Apocalypse is like, this is your chance. of like, if you really want it, you can have it. Right. This is like I'm in full support of the Crucible idea in the sense that like this gives Krakoa. An interesting piece of culture, and like you can't discount, you can't be like it's taboo, and then ignore the fact that they can't die in the first place, is Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Because here's the thing: like we see, we see a lot of religious practices as taboo. Like um, a lot of, because I'm Muslim, so a lot of people see the stuff that I do as taboo. um, Like killing a sheep in like public for like aid, thats something that's like very taboo for the Western world. Because why would you do that? Why would you kill? an animal in front of, like, all these people, and especially in the Western world, where you have, like, meat production, stuff like that done behind the scenes, so you don't really have to view the gruesome part of it, you know? But, like, in Islam, it's done, like, this... It's kind of, like, not the spectacle, but it's done in public, so that, like, you can then cut out the meat and then, like, give it to other people. You know, if you only focus on the horrific part of it, and you're not seeing the entire picture. And I think that's what all the people focused on in, like, The Crucible. It's like they're only seeing apocalypse hitting a kid. They're not seeing the reason, the emotional reasoning, behind it, because a lot of people feel like they're imposters on Krakoa because they used to be mutants, and this is their way to earn it back. And yes, it's violent, but also, death doesn't matter. Death isn't a taboo anymore, so it doesn't have the same emotional weight as like a human death.
1: Yeah, and speaking of death and and rebirth and everything, a lot of things people are forgetting about melodies. It's been proven a lot on page. Melody is was distraught about not having her powers, even all the way back in right after Decimation.
2: Oh, man, scene, her scene. Yeah,
1: Oof. where she tries to... She's like, I can fly. I know I can. I know I can. And, like, Emma's trying to stop her, being like, no, Melody, you can't fly. What are you doing? And she goes to jump, and she falls, and Beast has to, like, burst out of a window to save her. Like, and then... There's not even just um then like you know a few months ago even back back in um the fearless miniseries where, like storm finds melody storm uh it was a storm sue sue richards and captain marvel and they're like at a girl's yeah, the woman's, uh, at the camp. summer
2: camp yeah
1: yeah and melody talks about you know how she she feels like every time she goes home for like hot every time she's like around her family because they're all mutants She feels like a mistake, like a letdown. Like, you know, she's not, like... She's a reminder of a really bad time for mutants. And, like, so her being the... Her being the first to go is really... Makes sense. And a lot of people are like, oh, he's verbally abusing this child. And I I even thought that at first. Like, I even was like, oh, this is rough. But then, like, people explained to me, like, no, they're just he's literally just bringing her thought, her inner most personal thoughts to the surface mm. and like into he's speaking them. And he's like, Hey, this is, you know, this is, he's just like, he's talking, he's talking through her own emotions with her. And then, cause you see at the end, he cares for her. Like blue dad, he, he cares. Like, he's like, you know, you earned this. This is your, you're powerful. You're you, you're, you're your my sister and I see you. And, this it was just oh man. And then like seeing like Cannonball being like after, you know, Apocalypse was insulting her, like Cannonball's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat him. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him right. so hard. And I and it was just like this the anguish on the you know the Guthrie's face as they're watching, you know, their little sister be basically brutalized by this man with a sword. And it's such a it's a rough issue but like also it's so beautiful like even and side note i'm not a really big fan of lionel Yu's art Mm -hmm. this had to have been the best issue his art this is the best issue he's
2: done yeah
1: because like at the end where she floats into the sky and you see Mm -hmm. the like the sun like wrap around her and everything and like it's almost angelic in a way and almost feels kind of almost biblical like a like something of a religious experience and that being you know end capped by nightcrawler saying i want to start my own religion start a religion for mutants oh and i don't even i don't think you got into the fact that nightcrawler went inside the tower, no inside the tower.
2: i was i was going to talk about that in a little bit
1: yeah that's oh man that was that was a moment okay i, I talked about this too long who else <laughs> talk about the tower um,
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, so um
2: I reading this book was pretty pretty personal because um I used to be a Eucharistic minister in church. Um, oh, that's cool. I was raised Catholic. I went through all the processes pretty pretty far into the Catholic Church. so I've always connected with Nightcrawler. and it was so interesting to see so much negativity um initially from this book. Because people had feelings. Um, They're like, this isn't Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler wouldn't do that. Nightcrawler would not stand there and watch these kids die like that. Storm would not be there. This isn't good. This isn't right. And I'm like, the whole time I'm like, but are you listening to the words? Are you understanding the context that's happening? Nightcrawler has died. He went to heaven. He left heaven giving up his soul to return back to the X-Men. And then got told, you can't come back to heaven. And then his dad, of course, being in hell, it's like, well, you're not welcome in hell either. This is a guy displaced. This is a guy that has nowhere to go. So for this now, for him to say, we've surpassed death, I, that's not even an option for me. Like, I don't even have to worry about where, where my soul goes after I die because we don't die. His whole thing was like, well, what happens to our souls? Our souls, do they stay intact? What happens to these people? Do they, are they initially still the same people after they died? Because that to him is what matters the most. Because he's like, I don't want to die and not feel like I have a soul. Because if you have no soul, then all the other things you do just are meaningless. Like there, There's no consequence to it at all. And he was worried about these kids and the people that were depowered because if they commit suicide just so they can be reborn, that's a sin. And he doesn't want them to have that sin on their soul. So him explaining that to Cyclops and saying, I understand this, this whole thing we have to do. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'd rather this than then come back with a stain on their soul. So.
1: Yeah.
3: Sorry. Okay. I think there's like, I don't know, there's a lot to this chapter that you, you have, if you have religious background, you're going to connect to this chapter differently. If you're coming in from like an atheist point of view, trying to explain this chapter it's like there's a lot of things there's a lot of things that we do are that are taboo but like in the context of our society aren't taboo and I think this is just one of those things that for mutants because they can be rebirthed over and over it's just not like it's not a display of violence to them because like mutants are going to fight each other no matter what you know like we see in like this is um, from the previews from Cable that like Wolverine and Cable are just going after them. They're probably going to like, and they're just like violently hitting each other. So, like, this is just an, like, an increase of that. And like, it's going to happen regardless. Right. So, they're just making a tradition <clears throat> out of it. They're normalizing it to make a tradition out of it. And so that it's, I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. I don't it's think it's
1: not. It, I people just, just want it, to be mad at the, at the Xbox right now. I, I think that's what it is. because I've seen a lot of people point out, they're like, with, you know, books that are normally super popular, like Iron Man and Fantastic Four, a lot of people have feelings like that they're not as good as they normally be, and they're watching, you know, the X-Books kind of flourish past everything else.
3: Well, you have Dan Slott writing those books, so, like, really, <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I
3: feel like it's, the problem is, like, right there, the problem is Dan Slott, you know? I have opinions about like the Iron Man books. Okay,
0: <laughs> I think he's good at writing certain characters, um, but the certain characters that he's writing right now, he might not be the best at writing. <laughs> so it's a give and okay. take. <laughs> All right, so, sorry do you have about that,
3: guys. Anything more to talk oh,
0: about, wa- X I wanted just to point out real quick. Um, even though he he was a he was a co star of this of this issue. But it really shows how much he's grown as a character. I was going to say Cyclops. Nightcrawler, too, obviously, when we touched on that. But really, Cyclops. Because if you think about it, I've grown more and more of a fan of him because of, Don of X. Because he used to be this you know, strong-willed leader, only like basically my opinion matters. I'll take in um, other people's opinion, but what I say, basically, is what's going to go. But in this issue, he's like, well... You know, I, he even said this with Wolverine. I believe he was like, "Well, I could step in. I could go with what I initially believe, what is right and wrong." But you know, that's not what Krakoa is. This isn't just a team dynamic. This is a whole nation. So I need to step back. I need to learn, and that's why he goes to Kurt. He's like, "Hey, I need perspective on this." I mean, first he goes to Wolverine. Wolverine's like, "I have no shoe in this fight. I, I, I have no advice for you." So he's like, well, I'm going to go to my, you know, religious friend, Kurt. And he's like, I need perspective on this. I need to learn. I know that I can't just go headfirst in this situation. Be like, this is wrong. I don't like this he, because he needs to be better. He knows that he needs to be better. Like he told Kurt, I feel better. I feel like the, the most myself than I ever have. And that's because they're all coming together now. They're all being a family and a nation so they can't, all the weight is on his shoulders. It's to share with everybody. And I think that's one of the reasons why he also doesn't want to be on the quiet council. He's like, I had my time as leader. I just want to be more the point person. Y'all tell me where to go, I'll do it. I want. To, he wants to spend this time learning and being better as a person because mm-hmm. of his past. Finally getting to be a dad. And finally being a dad, too.
3: I think so moving I, forward, the interesting thing is what we're going to see is how, like, um normal like the clash of people who are coming from like non-western cultures and religion versus mutant culture and mutant religions like how do you reconcile those two into an identity
2: exactly which um it's so funny because this i'm i really went in a deep dive with this issue like i went back to reading um Um, Messiah, The Second Coming, and then I went back and I read Amazing X-Men, and then I went back and I read Powers of X. And it's funny because a lot of the Power of X stuff kind of already told us that this was coming. Because the tower, which we saw in Power of X, was the tower that Nightcrawler was staring at. That he went into, that he was the only person that's actually been inside the tower. And he said, this feels like it was made specifically for me. But he didn't want to be in there because he said he needed room to breathe and i think it's because he hadn't made his peace yet with the fact that like i'm going to have to start a new religion and in powers of x they show cardinal and they say cardinal was the leader of the last religion which ironically enough this is the start of the x-men religion or the krakowin religion so i felt like this issue did a lot of good jobs of doing callbacks and setting this whole new paradigm like up for the future. So like, I'm sorry I got choked up earlier, but like this, this, this was a very important issue in many different ways. And we saw a bunch of growth and development. And also may I add, we saw swords. (laughs)
1: Swords. (laughs) Okay. So speaking of swords, Thank you for the segue. I greatly appreciate it. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff this week. We got ooh, we got we had a, the big X Men panel. That's definitely something to talk about. Um, that's main. Well, I guess we'll start with previews first, we'll, and then we'll do like, and then we'll go into like the big news dump that was yeah. this um, this week. We uh got the previews for um marauders and uh excalibur excalibur was um it's still pretty much just the fight with um with uh cullen bloodstone who oh yeah yeah he... and um you see we get to see richter fly which was quite fun was um awesome. yeah and then also we get the marauders page which is very weird because it i'm pretty sure it's a dream it's um uh or something inside his brain messing with him it's uh it's Scor... What's this? I'm sorry, I'm blinking on his name right now. Fire Kyra? guy. Pyro, thank you. I don't know why I want to call him <laughs> Scorcher. <laughs> but, um... Pyro, he comes off the ship and everybody greets him and is so excited to see him and there's like a butler there who offers him drinks and then he sees Jean Grey sitting on top of a Thunderbird car. It came over a ride. I'm like, instantly... That really had me. Midweek, I was like... I was you like, had such still, a visceral I reaction. I laughed so hard. Um, <laughs> I loved
0: it so, so much. much. I kind of want that frame too in my house.
1: <laughs> I, but no, she's like, Do you want to go for a ride? And I'm like, oh nope, that's not Gene. Yep, that is very much instantly. <laughs> well, that was
0: tripping balls. Yeah, obviously. yeah. Gene yeah, would never do that, but it's so hilarious.
1: Also, we got um before we even even got into a panel, we got um we got preview art for Hellions. Which um, we got to see we got to see some cool mutants we hadn't a uh, cool we hadn't seen in a while a uh, siren uh, Banshee's daughter, mm-hmm. she's a, she's gonna be in it for at least a page. And, uh, <laughs> then we got to, we got like a cool group shot of all like the villains of the Hellions and they looked very and I'm like oh yeah this is gonna be the Suicide Squad for X Men isn't it? Yeah. Oh and my God I, didn't even say, think I about feel that. like.
3: I feel like it just uh, she's going to be in this just for a page is like the entirety of like every single X-Men fan, um, waiting for their character to have the cameo. Oh,
2: absolutely. That's yeah. the tagline. Yeah. I got, I got skin in X-Men, so I got happy for a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so we got, we got at the panel at the official X-Men panel. We got some really cool information, um, Oh, we found out that uh X Men are going to be apparently going to be an integral part to the Empire event, so that's great, I guess, if that's something you <laughs> that's something you're into, which I don't know yes, what I am. I am. Give me my gay Hulkling <laughs> moment. Uh, oh yeah, okay. I'm in for Hulkling. I'm not in for all the tie ins other than the X Men ones. Thank you very much. <laughs> um I uh Yeah, I might not be buying all the tie-ins. Oh we're buying all the tie-ins. Okay. Good <laughs> luck, guys um when you have we'll to let you know. your house and you're doing your podcast out of your car good with that.
0: <laughs> right oh god we have space
1: yeah <laughs> <No. laughs> um okay so we got a bunch of covers we got you know new cable cover where it looks like he's fighting like he's fighting side by side with i don't think it's ice man for the simple fact is like it has like hair that looks too long it looks like it could be hard rock maybe but they're fighting Space Knights, which if you if you're a classic Marvel fan, you'll recognize Space Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a new Children of the Atom cover, which we get to see like the um, the Cyclops girl, like sort of out of half out of costume, half in costume. Mm-hmm. We got some pages from that. And speaking of it, um, Vito was talking and, and was like, oh, they're basically like, what if kids now like now now were mutants? And, like, you know, like, once she's like, oh, one's gonna, one's gonna have a TikTok. One's gonna be, you know, a Twitch streamer. And I'm like, oh, Twitch streamers, they're fantastic. (laughs) I was like, Um, let me guess,
2: it's gonna be the little Asian one that's gonna be the Twitch streamer. No,
3: actually, I think she confirmed, she confirmed that, like, Sentai Kirk was, um, the one with the TikTok. Oh, nice. He also does, like, the IT thing and, like, the, the anime IT thing when, like, he's being carried by Warren, too. I Oh my how God. I named them. <laughs> Until we get
1: names. I um, then we got an Excalibur cover where we could see Saturnine. If you're a classic Excalibur fan, you'll recognize her. Where it's um, she's playing chess, chess with all the like the um Excalibur characters, and but above her you see Apocalypse's hand looking like he's manipulating Saturnine. And then um. we got pages. We got pages from giant size X Men. Um. Uh, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler. And they look fantastic we get um that he's gonna have a team with him he's gonna have eye boy magic yes. uh cypher and interestingly enough um uh what's his name lockheed the dragon oh so yeah lockheed's gonna be going on adventures without um kitty which is sad to think about then actually we also got more pages i'm surprised they did uh three extra pages from um Marauders this week, where it looks like they have Pyro cornered on the beach and they realize that there's something inside his body and they pull out the um, exactly. Uh, Magneto pulls out the little like ship that um, what's his name's in, uh, Yellow, yellow jacket. Jackson and like throws it across the horizon, which is hilarious. <laughs> He's like yeet and just throws it, just throws it. <laughs> <Yeet>. Eated, <laughs> Which like we we gotta love it when magneto eats stuff, um right. then we got uh new mutants on new mutants uh cover, which looks like um the mutants are going to have like bad um some bad press issues with uh magic like slicing up a bunch of um uh, micro like news microphones, and then we got some pages from new mutants, which look. Some that like, look really creepy, and it looks like Russia. Like they're going to Russia, so it's like uh, some more, you know, issues with Russia are going to be coming in new, in New Mutants more than you know. They already have an X Force where there looks like there's something growing inside like a little tube, and it looks really creepy. And there's like bird feathers all around it, and like mm. it's really creepy looking. But then we also got a page of like everybody in the sex tent. And so we're gonna we see. Uh, it looks like um. It looks like the new mutants have just come back from space and they're, you know, with all their bags and everything. We see Mondo, um, Mondo, uh, Chamber, um, Mirage, and uh, what's her name, uh, Karma, and they're all there. And like, Boom Boom looks like really bitter, like you missed a cool adventure. Then we got some more marine pages, which were fantastic. Looks like we got some from the main plot of, you know, him battling the Pale Woman. We see um, we see Iceman, Bishop, uh, Pyro. We see, oh, we, it's basically the Marauders team. Then we see him battling um, Sabretooth, uh, Lady Deathstrike, and somebody that looks like a doctor. So I'm yeah. guessing this is the hallucination of some sort. Then we get some pages from the B-plot, you know, the... Victor Bogdanovic vampire stuff. It's in it doesn't have color yet. It's all black and white. And it's like him talking to Magneto and Xavier and some creepy human-looking people. And then we get to see Omega Red. And I love Victor Bogdanovic's art because it's basically if you if you guys read, you know, like Batman by Scott Snyder, it's basically Greg Capullo art and it looks oh. really good. Then we got a cool page from X-Factor which is um I'm guessing the uh, on Mojo World, the X-Factor team is going to be like a private detective television show. That's going to be fun. Then, then X Force, which is an interesting thing we got to cover. It looks like um, it looks like uh, Krakoa is going to be breached again by by Russian forces. Which damn Russians, damn <laughs> ah, the commies, ah. <laughs> the Reds are but, coming. Um, But then we got some pages from X Force, which I'm guessing we're getting paid. This is pages from not the book that comes out next week, but the week after. Looks like they're going to a jungle of some sorts, and we get to like see you know Domino create like a claw using her weird you know Krakoa hand, and uh oh for some reason um what's it called uh they can't go through the portal. And what's his face? And funny enough, Quentin breaks his nose trying to go through. Wolverine can't go through. Nobody can't go through. And so, yeah, Yeah. and it's weird. That's kind of interesting because like, hey, that's what happened to Kitty. Mm -hmm. Then we got some, um, we got some pages from the next issue of X-Men where this was my favorite of the week. We're seeing Vulcan, Sway, and Petra. Oh God, yes. And they're, passed out drunk um, yeah and it's just like cyclops and havoc just standing there looking at him looking at him like you idiots <laughs> and they see the space whales flying over them heading for earth so that's going to be a problem um was what was everybody's most interested part from that from all the like the previews we got to see
3: I think Nanny looked really cute. I like her in the New York style. <laughs> I, I, I'm still so hyper-focused on Nanny. I don't care about anything else. All I want to tell y'all to come out so I can read that book.
1: She did kind of look adorable. I, I, I will be honest with you for that. Um,
3: like, on the cover, she looks horrific. But inside the orange, like, the tiny lips are actually kind of cute.
1: They are. It's <laughs> true. And then, um, the big, the big, big part of the week is, um what's it called uh oh also Ten we got swords. some um, swords 10 of swords yeah it's um you're gonna the first crossover of, of dawn of x is here it's gonna be wait for it a 15 part crossover bring it where my theory is is that if it's 15 parts there's 10 issues So i guess i'm thinking each issue will get a tie-in and then the main series is like gonna be uh, it's gonna be like a mini series and it's gonna be like five issues maybe and mm-hmm. we don't know the artist but we do do know the writer and it's gonna be teeny howard and Jonathan Hickman co-writing it and love teeny so much she's so one of the nicest happy. people ever i actually i don't i got to interview her and it was really fun she's really great and she's she's very nice and i got to talk to her and we talked about like just it we went into a whole thing. She was just a very nice person. But um it's interesting because Ten of Swords is a tarot card, which mm-hmm. means um which can mean uh end of ruin or rebirth. And which is interesting and but also even more interesting than that is Teeny Howard is a avid tarot card reader. Yep. So she was guess- actually
2: doing Vita's uh tarot reading when they were at C2E2. I don't know if you guys saw that.
1: Yeah, she was yeah, she was doing Vita's and Leah's and it was in the Instagram stories. Yeah. Their Instagram stories are fantastic. But oh yeah. So I'm guessing guessing that's where the title came from. Um but yeah, this is Yeah, I'm well, so excited. It, and then we got all the like we got that cool teaser with all the characters and their swords. Yeah, and everyone
0: has their own version of a sword. I know. I, ironically enough, my favorite sword is Xavier's, the one that Gene made. I like that little X on it and everything. I want that sword in my life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know which
1: I, is my... Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, no, I was just going to say, Um, it's interesting that, like, how much, like, the tarot cards have been in this, like story this run i'm like i don't know if that was a hickman idea or a teeny idea or like what but like the tower the magician and um oh god the wizard are all tarot cards mm-hmm. so like, Thomas, was, what do like, you
1: think
3: um okay so i'm just gonna be like very real here i was into tokyo goal for like five years like a solid five years um that took like 15 years off of my life <laughs> um, because all it was was just like every chapter that came out you'd go into like this end dip analysis because um, the author of the manga would give in like would give you all these like book will give you all these like literary references and all these tarot cards and all these symbolism with the flowers and I remember when Hawk's box came out I tried to like see the flowers on the covers and tried to like match them to real flowers and I couldn't and that really frustrated me I'm still trying to figure that one out I know they're cocoan flowers but, like I'll find the I'll find a equivalent one of these days. So I'm kinda of really excited for this event in the sense that like I'm gonna get to analyze shit. But I'm not excited for it in that it's an event.
1: Yeah, that's understandable. But like I mean, Donna of Vicks is its own like ongoing event and feels like like everything's connected. I um I did like how in the teaser art like every every book got representation, like even Children of the Atom who we have not seen yet have representation in this like right. you get to see the angel kid with his sword and hellions who that hasn't come out yet they have representation because like psylocke and um psylocke and uh shiny
2: boots what's his name
1: um scalp hunter which is a very insensitive go. name like thinking yes, about so it insensitive. But uh, cables on it. He his book hasn't come out. You got Eye Boy. Eye Boy has a sword for some reason. I am not sure if I want Eye Boy to have a sword. I that would. I know. think
3: I just want to point this out. The sword has the three uh, three eyes on it, and on the three eyes, they're the blue eyes that that are for protection. So I'm guessing it's a mystical sword. Uh, that's uh, awesome. Good catch. Yeah, I didn't realize that.
1: I um, um, <laughs> Cyclops has a laser sword, which is <coughs> hilarious. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's a he's a he's a Jedi. <laughs> no, he's.
2: It's that's the a, Star it's a Wars X
3: Men crossover we've been waiting for. Right? Oh God!
2: Exactly. Oh, we're gonna have no. like
3: Han Solo show up the next chapter, and we're oh, gonna please. be like, "We're gonna be like, sure, this is this is a Tiktman. You're all control it. Star Wars now." Mm-hmm.
0: Oh God! I don't <laughs> want it.
3: I don't want it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I might when have did... to jump off the ship. <laughs>
1: One thing that's really interesting here that I think not a lot of people are talking about is the fact that Captain Britain, not just Betsy's on it. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, Brian is on it, which is interesting because he's a human, which makes me think, wouldn't it be an interesting plot point if, like, because, like, Betsy's a mutant, Jamie's a mutant, what if the people who wanted Brian originally to be Captain Britain, like the people who picked him suppress his mutant ability uh, like he's been a mutant the entire time that's interesting
3: um, here's also a second thing that we could talk about maybe Jamie gave him powers Jamie was like I want my brother here with me too oh
1: so there you go out. Yeah. Like,
3: that's also like an easy simple option that, that's a way yeah. out and that's yeah. like a really um, I mean it's a fun way out because then you're going to have to like it's a retcon but it's a con you have to explain you have to like give Jamie motive to be like yeah, I gave my brother's powers. And it's not because I like him.
0: Yeah, and he's very chaotic, so it's reasonable. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And it's interesting because oh,
2: some of these swords have, like, a significance within the Marvel universe, or, like, within the X-Men lore, at least, because the one that Prestige has that spin and stuff before...
1: Yeah, the Phoenix Blade.
2: yeah. And then you have Apocalypse with his big old one that he used when he was fighting the original battle against um, the Krakoa brother.
1: Yeah, then you got um another one. I like that. I like that Doug's sword is just Warlock. Yeah, it's just Warlock. He's just like ah, it looks like a plug and play, he's got, <laughs> like a wire going to his arm. So why did they have to give Wolverine a sword? He's got I think three. The,
3: I think that's the sword that... Isn't it, like, the sword that they have to use to kill Wolverine? I Something I, like I, that? Uh, I
1: think actually, it is, actually. I think that's... It's a sword called Grass Cutter, and I, it's weird because I would imagine him holding the Muramasa blade, which is the blade that he normally... Which is the... But, like, it's oddly enough because I'm pretty... I thought Grass Cutter was the sword that Gorgon uses from, um secret warriors so I don't know what's going on there it could be Muramasa but I don't know but Gorg- Gorgon's back there which is cool I'm happy Gorgon's gonna have a bigger part because I am a secret Warriors stan
3: <coughs> um, By the I way, just you... want to point something out Of with um, the swords that um, Apocalypse was holding the sword shape that he's holding is traditionally like an Arab and Ottoman sword that they used against Europeans because it could cut through chains nice line. I like that. I don't know. That's awesome. That's just just like a fun fact on my part because I love. That's cool. history. That's awesome. Also,
2: it's not as cool as a scalp hunter sword, which looks like a freaking gun that Hick. uh, What's his name created? Yeah, that's weird. Let's not mention his name.
1: (laughs) It. It looks like yeah. It looks like a. It looks like a harpoon gun almost, like a. Right. Yeah. And why
2: is why is magic not having the soul sword? That's what well, I find that so is the weird. Soul
1: Sword. It's just a different design for it. Um, oh, I like it's too her dainty! Big, I like her big anime giant sword that she has yeah, so same.
0: to have. I'm like, what's this dainty nonsense? I do want to point out. We see. I mean, we there's a lot of people that aren't on this sword promo promo, but one of the people that's a warrior that you would probably see on there is Kate Pride, but she's not on there. Is she gonna stay dead? Probably, because I mean she's a like a ninja knows how to fight loves the sword too because she just got one for being a pirate she would be on this promo if she was alive right so i don't think she's yeah. coming back
1: i think she's coming back i think it's just gonna take longer than we're all yeah. thinking
0: i think it's gonna
2: have
1: a big reveal moment well maybe yeah. but um all in all yeah, yeah this has been a whew, this has been a week Worldwide. for x-men previews
2: just for X-Men in general, man. Yeah. If, if you can tell that uh, Marvel has put all their chips back onto the X-Men board.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, another thing that um that just a side note that uh, Hickman brought up is that, um, what's it called? He asked, like, someone has asked, oh, are there any books you guys haven't announced yet coming soon? And he's like, oh, he's like, oh, we didn't mention the Moira book. Oh, you'll find more about that soon i'm like oh, oh right i waited just
3: all my cards on there's gonna be two moira's and one of them is gonna be destiny i'm totally oh, like in God. on that theory I would love that, that would
2: be insane
1: but i more i just want to know who's writing the moira book like because right. that's one thing that hickman had talked about he's like the i think i think the person he had originally wanted to write the moira book was um what's his name he wrote x-men legacy he's very good um Hold on, I have an X Men Legacy like right behind me. Oh, Mike Carey, Mike Carey. I think he probably had wanted Mike Carey to write the Moira series, only because he, mm. Mike Carey, had dealt with Moira as well. But um, he couldn't because Mike Carey was busy. I just, okay. I wonder who's writing the Moira book because he said specifically he's like, the person writing the Moira book is someone who agreed way quicker than I expected them to. Write. Right. Okay, that's Who's writing it, Hickman? Just this. tell us.
3: Tell okay, us. To send us off. To wrap this all up. Let's yeah. all say who we want to write the Moira solo.
1: Oh. Okay. Who who okay, who would um I'll go. Okay, you go first.
0: Oh, just okay, Juan, you go first. <laughs> uh, me, I I would
2: for the Moira book. Oh God. I would like to see Kelly Thompson take a stab at it.
1: Mm,
3: that's a that's a that's a choice. That's a,
2: because gonna, I I just love what she's done with the, the female characters that she has written, so I would I think she'd do some cool stuff with that.
3: I'm gonna do a non traditional route, um, and I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna be like Neil Gaiman. <laughs> I want the Neil Gaiman more. Oh. Like,
1: God. So that's what I want. There is no way they can no do that.
2: They can't get him back.
1: I would they, love that. Don't get me wrong.
3: I'm just saying this is just like who we want to write the Mora book. Okay.
2: Right. There, there you go. To. There you go. We're allowed to dream, so there
0: we go. Um, Rodney. Oh, I would um I'm trying to look for that that uh, what's her name that's always like trolling on Twitter. Gail, Gail Simone? Simone? Not not Gail Simone. Gail Simone. I want Gail Simone to write the Mora book. She hasn't written, I don't think, a Marvel book in a while, right? Yeah, it's been a minute. So and yeah, her last book was Domino. Yeah. Yeah, see, and I love oh, perfect. I loved that book. So and I, I love the twists and turns she did with that book. And um, I think she's very like sneaky in a way too. And I think she'd wanna like talk to Hickman and even wanna twist some more things. So I would love that. Gelsmo. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna go only because of I'm gonna say Al Ewing. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I
2: could, I came behind that
1: because Al Ewing, he's so good. He's so good at so many different types of stories. He's good at space stories, he's good at magic stories. Like, he's good at, you know, more grounded stories. He's and horror. Yeah. He's so good at everything. And like, his Immortal Hulk is wild. That is a wild book. Mm-hmm. And so. That's, yeah, that's my, that's my pick. I think he'd be fantastic. That actually might be the best pick, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree with I that, think I could Because yeah. he's not writing an X-book. I, re- I remember I had originally wanted him to do Excalibur because he had, um in his, in his um, U.S. Avengers run during one of the Secret Empire times, and he introduced a new European super team that was, like, all the different, like, it was, like, French representation, like, German representation, english representation and it was really it was a really cool team but you know alas we got a really good excalibur book it was not him though so i i want him to have some part in the xbox
0: yeah i'm sure he will but um that's who we're all gonna pick right all right yeah. so let's let's wrap this up because i know we all have a little things to do um i'm Rodders on twitter it's at rod
2: I am Juan on Twitter. You can fi- or on everything, you can find me at ChangoATX.
3: ATX. I'm Almas. I'm Unworthington on, on Twitter, and I am Emin Worthington on Tumblr.
1: Fox, who are you? <laughs> I'm. Uh, my name is Fox. You can find me at Agent777 on Twitter, and um, that's normally where I'm at always. Uh. <laughs> We uh next week we have two and a half X Men books technically. We mm-hmm. have Marauders and we have uh, Marauders and Excalibur. That's what we have. And then if you so choose, read um Black Cat because uh, and, um Wolverine and Black Cat battling the new the Hellfire the new Hellfire Club in um in Madripoor. Thank you everybody. Thanks for listening. And thanks for staying in their habitat for a while.
0: Bye, listeners. Bye. Bye.